believers, and strap in as we journey with Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior! Not to mention the evil genius and brilliant leadership of myself. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Thank you for joining us once again for an episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro, back from his vacation to the most magical place on Earth. And if you're new to this podcast, this is the podcast that exclusively discusses comic book animation. We have a couple of rules here. One I just explained to you. Number two, I always have a special guest who I'm going to bring on in just a minute. And number three... We're going to have fun. So, we're going to jump right into it. This is episode 15, and I'm back in the saddle. I appreciate everybody's patience. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to bring my guest. He's very familiar to anybody who is a fan of this show. He is my editor. He was one of my guest hosts. He is the former host of the wrestling podcast About Nothing. Welcome to the multiverse once again, Michael Crockett. So you run out of friends already, huh? <laughs> well, I'm not a very popular guy, Michael. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a damn shame. Now, when am I going to get my name on the show? How many episodes do I have to do with you to get Matt and Mike through the multiverse? What are you, uh, you turning into Brian Fury? You guest hosted an episode or two, and now suddenly you want to hijack the show? <laughs> well, I mean, come on. This is my third appearance in, what is this, episode... 15? Well, technically it's the 16th episode, but technically episode 15. Yeah, last week was a special edition. Yeah, it was a special edition, exactly. And on that note, a serious note, I do want to thank uh, Brian Malonis, Jamie Janikowski, Evan O'Television, and you, Michael Crockett, for uh, filling the gaps so my podcast didn't go on a two-week hiatus when I was on vacation. So I really do appreciate it. Hope you had fun. You're very welcome, and yes, I did. Thank you. And uh, I'm back from uh, the most magical place on earth, Disney World. And uh, I'm excited to be back, but uh, a little nervous because uh, I feel a little out of sorts with my podcast right now. Yeah, well, you weren't doing it. You weren't on it. You had other people doing Matt Spector through the multiverse, playing you. It's a little weird. Yeah, but I figured two weeks people might forget about me. Yeah, I mean, you could have just done episodes ahead of time and not missed any time, but you're a little too lazy, I guess. <laughs> Taken after your former co-host on your other podcast. <laughs> you know how it, uh, difficult it can be to book a guest sometimes. Yes, and I know how difficult it can be when you have uh, young children as well. So I will give you a pass. Exactly. Like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, and if you're new to the show, we're always talking something animated. And it's always based on comic books. This week, we're going to go back to your a uh, little bit more your wheelhouse. Uh, we're going back to Marvel Comics, and we're going to discuss... The Idol of Millions, the ever-loving, blue-eyed thing. Yes. And I think maybe we should give like a little backstory here because you talked to me about you wanted to perhaps do like a, a series of episodes where we talk about like some of the worst cartoons of all time, 
right? Yeah, that is true. So I'm a little torn on this one because I do love the thing. But as you had mentioned, yes, I wanted to do a series of episodes with you where we uh, take what is considered uh, some of the uh, <laughs> worst superhero or comic book animation uh, in history. And uh, what we're going to talk about, spoiler alert, I've seen it on more than one list. And originally, we were talking about doing the Fantastic Four cartoon from 1978, which is also on many lists that I've seen out there. But it seems like it's very hard to come by. Like when you Google like the Fantastic Four or the new Fantastic Four, which uh, is sometimes called from 1978, you Google it and it says watch here. You click it and it brings you to the 1994 version of the Fantastic Four cartoon. And I, I went on like this massive search. It's not on YouTube. There's some on Daily Motion, but it's like it's part one of the episode, and then you can't find part two. So you, like, you, there's really no. There's one place. There's one single website. This funky, weird website that I found that had one episode, but it was one of those things that's you know it brings up a ton of pop ups, and there's like ads for you know click here to meet girls in your hometown so it's a very like uh, a seedy website to say the least we, we, we were, were a little uh, afraid maybe we'd uh, catch a virus and i'm not talking about from finding the girl in your hometown just a computer virus <laughs> so we kind of steered away from fantastic four and that's when i ran into the fact that there was this thing cartoon and really we should talk about the full breadth of this thing thing which is the full show was called fred and barney meet the thing right <laughs> yep that is <laughs> that is the name so uh before we get too deep uh we are going to track that fantastic four cartoon and we are going to review it at one time but yes we're going back to 1979 for fred and barney meet the thing <laughs> <laughs> you're probably doing a head scratcher if you're listening and you are especially if you're a younger listener because you're probably completely baffled by that title the fred and barney you're thinking of yes it is that fred and barney fred flintstone and barney rubble meet the thing or do they matt well, all right so uh first off we're gonna get into if you haven't guessed there's gonna be spoilers and number two uh as much as I like superheroes, comic books, and whatnot, I, I, I just want to disclaimer, I don't claim to be an expert, and neither does my guest, so uh, we try and give you as informed as possible, we might make a mistake. So, um, The Thing was created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, and yes, this cartoon was called Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. It is Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble <laughs> and The Thing. This was a Hanna-Barbera production. Like you had just said, yes, I didn't watch every episode, but looking into it, other than the show intro and some bumpers, Fred and Barney never actually meet the thing. No, yeah, it's like a, they call it a, a package show, yeah. and they did this a lot in like the 70s and 80s, right? Yeah, I believe there was like a, a Tarzan Lone Ranger or something like that that Filmation had done, and there was also the kids' superpower hour with Shazam which was uh, one of these type of things, which I believe was also filmation. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's strange. Now, I, looking it up, I, I couldn't find a lot of reason for this happening. The only hypotheses I could find was uh, 
Marvel had owned rights to some of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, and in fact, they were publishing a Flintstones comic at the time. So I guess maybe they thought this mashup would work where people who liked the Flintstones and The Thing would watch both cartoons. Why they did The Thing and not The Fantastic Four is beyond me. Well, it it makes perfect sense, right? It's like the greatest Marvel team up ever. You got the man made of orange rock going to bedrock, right? It makes perfect sense. That is a great pitch. And if that actually happened, (laughs) I think the show would (laughs) maybe not have made made as many worthless as it had. It was bizarre because it was like an hour-long show that had two thing episodes per show, and I believe two of the Fred and Barney episodes. It ran like this for 13 episodes, and then I believe it became Fred and Barney meet Shmoo, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Do you remember Shmoo? I think I do. I, I saw a picture of when I was looking around and I saw the, uh, yeah, I saw the schmoo thing. I, I can't really in my mind figure out, remember what he sounds like, but yeah, well, there's like this little like sluggish blob of <laughs> something. Have you ever seen the Herculoids? Yeah. Picture gloop and gleep, but white with a soft stash and feet. <laughs> soft stash makes it for me. So yeah, this was a Hanna-Barbera production. It was produced by an Alex uh, Lavi, I believe is how you say his name. He had worked on many cartoons. He had worked uh, prominently on Woody Woodpecker. But he also created two of the most popular cartoon characters of all time, Cool Cat and Merlin the Magic Mouse. Hmm. You obviously know who these characters are. I know Top Cat. Is it Top Hat? Top Cat? There was a Top Cat, yes, but no, you can't go anywhere without tripping over Cool Cat merchandise, as well as <laughs> Merlin the Magic Mouse. <laughs> I never heard of either, I was I only included those because when I was doing the research, I was like, who in the hell is Merlin the Magic Mouse? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm drawing a blank there as well. So, uh... The thing it's it's I'm really torn on this because I love the character of the thing. He's one of my favorite Marvel characters. But this concept so far is sounding really dumb and we haven't even gotten into <laughs> some of the other ridiculous things that happen. Yeah, it's almost like you started by saying, you know, the thing, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, but this isn't the thing that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby created, right? I mean, it's it basically in name only. In name and kind of appearance, yes, but yes. we're going to get into it. We're going to be reviewing, watching, reviewing the episode Bigfoot Meets the Thing, original air date September 8th, 1979. That was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, almost two months before you were born to the day. Oh, no, no. I was born in 75. Oh, you're right. You're right. I had you confused with somebody else. I apologize. You can edit that out uh, since you're the editor. We don't want <laughs> to have any mistakes in there. Now, unfortunately... I looked hard and I could not find who wrote or directed this episode. Maybe whoever they were were lucky enough to get <laughs> to get it stricken from the internet. <laughs> the concept is it's a thing solo story. Now, what they do get right is he is Ben Grimm, but he is a teen version. And his name on this, they call him Benji Grimm for some reason. Uh, yeah. it's baffling because I don't know if you remember this or if you've ever even seen this before because I remember seeing it. I don't, I could have seen it on reruns. I I do remember as a child watching this where Benji Grimm was human 
and he had two rings, and he would knock them together, a la the Wonder Twins, and he would say, Thing ring, do your thing. And then he would magically turn into the thing. And there's, it's impossible that there's actually a connection to like Ben Grimm from like Fantastic Four comics because, you know, Ben Grimm became the thing as like a man, right? Ben Grimm was not a teenager when he first became the thing. So there's like really no way to to work this out. If it's some like Earth 2, it's a multiverse thing. Yeah, literally before I got retcon, like Ben Grimm and Reed Richards were like World War II veterans. <laughs> like they weren't like young <laughs> when they got their powers. So there's no way he ever, Benji ever would have got, I mean, come on, he was a space, they, uh, he was piloting a spaceship into a cosmic ray belt. So there's no way a teenager was going to do that. Right. Uh, and then when he does the thing ring, do your thing, a bunch of orange rocks just come flying out of nowhere and at him. And then he becomes the thing. And there's never, most cartoons like, you know, Thundar and like He-Man and some of these would have like something in the intro that would tell you where these magic powers come. There's no explanation for where these magic rings come from. Yeah, there's no origin episode. And the only other similarity I could find, granted I didn't watch every episode, was the Yancey Street Gang does show up in this uh, comic, even though uh, from reading some of my research, I'll have to wait and see when we watch it. They don't seem much like the Yancey Street Gang than I remember. So he was, I did a little reading about Ben Grimm as a youth was a part of the Yancey Street Gang. Is that? Yeah, that was the deal. And then they tend to harass him when he became the thing. A lot of times just pulling like innocent pranks on him. Oh, okay. So we're going to get into a little bit of this. Um, Benji Grimm, because vo- him and the thing are voiced by two different people. A Wayne Morton did the voice of Benji Grimm. He um, had done some voice acting. He had appeared on a bunch of shows, episode of Twilight Zone, Duke's Hazard, Happy Days. He also was on Mama's Family, and his name on that show was Eddie Edwards. <laughs> we know an Eddie Edwards. Not to be confused with Die Hard, Eddie Edwards, former Impact Heavyweight Champion. Yes. And uh, The Thing was voiced by Joe Baker, who had done uh, a lot of uh, cartoon voice acting. If you've listened to the show or know anything about animation, especially the 60s to the 90s, uh, if you did one voice on a cartoon, you tended to do a lot. Joe Baker had done voices on Plastic Man, Paddington Bear. Uh, he was Larry on the Robonic Stooges. You remember the Robonic Stooges? No, the, there's like a robot version of the Three Stooges you're talking about? They were basically the Three Stooges in a cartoon, and they were all like cyborgs, and they had superpowers. No. <laughs> yeah, the 70s especially had some... They were doing a lot of... Uh, they're going to throw anything against the wall and... I think what happened with Hanna-Barbera, at one point, they got paid per episode or something, because from the late 60s to the early 80s, Hanna-Barbera was cranking out so many, so many different cartoons that I really just think they were getting paid by the episode or something. It must have been. This, literally, yeah. And they all kind of seem the same. They all, like, they, they're all vaguely, like, like, cousins of each other, like you're... Your Scooby Doo's, your Jabber Jaws—they all seem like in the same family, in the same universe, but they're all like slightly different. Yeah, they love to solve mysteries. They love uh, anamorphic—is that the word? Talking animals. Yes. They love uh, groups of teenagers. Now, some of the supporting cast. There's a Kelly, which I believe is Benji Grimm's sister. 
she was voiced by uh, Noelle North. She had done a, a lot of voice acting. She was Cubby Gummy on the Gummy Bears. Oh. This one was baffling to me. Slouchy Smurfling on the Smurfs. I don't remember that character, do you? <laughs> it must have been one of like, the later seasons where they had like Grandpa Smurf, who was different from Papa Smurf. They, they, they bring in like, the, uh, the backups. And she played uh, Frida in the uh, Stephen King movie Carrie. Oh, really? Yes, which I don't remember that character, but uh, that was interesting. Now, uh, there's also a, because of course, it's Hanna-Barbera in the 70s. There's a group of teenagers, Benji Kelly. There's a Ronald Radford, who was voiced by John Irwin, who everyone should know. Shame on you if you don't. He was the voice of He-Man on the 80s Masters of the Universe cartoon. Oh, really? Wow. It's all tying in. It is. uh, Everything's tying into He-Man. And Betty Harkness, who was voiced by uh, Marilyn Schaefer. She had done many voices on Captain Caveman, the Smurfs, Scooby-Doo. She had passed away in the late 80s. Her last role ever was Winnie Werewolf in Scooby-Doo Ghoul School. Wow. Now, the, uh, the Yancey Street gang apparently show up in this. There's a uh, turkey and stretch and Spike. <laughs> Spike, uh, I found, was voiced by Art Matrano. He played Commandant Mauser in Police Academy. Really? Yes. Um, I believe he was the, uh, the guy who was always messing with Mahoney. Uh, I think they put super glue in his shampoo bottle in the, one of the movies. Okay, yeah, and they wrote Dork on his chest in uh, yes, Sunblock. Yes, I believe that's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dork. <laughs> so, I mean, we haven't watched it yet, but judging from this, it sounds like it's the typical, you know, little group of teenagers doing mysteries and do whatever they do, the, the Hanna-Barbera formula that was so popular in the 70s. And then a big orange rock guy. Yes, the the thing himself. So instead of like having the animal sidekick, they just had Shaggy basically turn into the the wacky sidekick. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. All right. So without further ado, Michael and myself are going to watch Bigfoot Meets the Thing. And we'll be back with our thoughts. If you can find it, watch it with us. And don't go anywhere when we come back. We're going to review it. Stay with us. This is the thing. With a few pumps of the inflator, you can make the thing expand in size. Place the thing in the rock trap. Pump the inflator. And within seconds, the thing will crash out of the trap. The Thing comes complete as shown. Some assembly required. The Thing by Fun Stuff. Oh, here comes you know who. Yabba dabba fruit, delicious do. Oh, ho, ho, I'm hungry. Santa, my pebbles. Your pebbles. Tis the season to be sharing, Fred. Happy holidays, pal. Oh, Fred. Fruity and Cocoa Pebbles cereals, part of this nutritious breakfast. <laughs> you can have the power of the Fantastic Four. It's clobbering time. With thing feet and thing hands, the earthquake and moon-shaken power of the thing can be yours. I am the thing. Turn up the heat. 
Human Torch mask and gloves, loaded with the sounds and missile firing action of the Human Torch. Yeah! Is Doctor Doom finished? Pizza! Yeah! Thing hands, thing feet, and the Human Torch mask and gloves set. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. back and we just watched Fred and Barney meet the thing episode Bigfoot beats the thing uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm not sure what to say <laughs> on what we just watched how do you start yeah that's that's the problem wow well first we have this intro with Fred and Barney Fred Flintstone and Barbie Rubble and the thing breaks out of the wall behind them and then the dinosaur picks him up and carries all three of them, and you hear the Flintstones theme music. But he's watching; uh, <laughs> they're like running between half bedrock and half like looks like modern New York. <laughs> yeah, it's it is like a, like a plane, I think, or a blimp. It's hard to tell because the the video you can find this on YouTube. The video is really poor quality. It's hard to pick up some of the things, but yeah, yeah, it's like some sort of amalgamation of the two of them. The the thing, uh, they just have a shot of the thing where he does his thing and he turns back into Ben Grimm and then he's surrounded by a motorcycle gang. One second, one second, Matt. Can I go back to something? Yeah, go for it. They show him in like this lab and I had seen something in, in my research which I thought was like made up, but maybe this is true because they, they show him, it almost looks like he's in like... um where you get beamed up in Star Trek. He's on like a little platform and like it's, you know, it, and then like it shows him and then and he turns into Benji and there's two like like scientist looking guys like operating controls. I read this and I thought this was like made up, but maybe this is true. It says, the setup of the show is test pilot Ben Grimm seeks the help of his scientist friend, Dr. Harkness, to find a way to restore him to his human form because... In the Marvel comic, right? He's Thing all the time, Ben Grimm. Correct. So they're saying here that the scientist experiments on Ben and does turn him human, but not in his test pilot form, but rather in the body of a skinny, scrawny American teenager called Benji. <laughs> you know, it's there was a Dr. Harkness that showed up in my research, but he didn't show up on the episode, so I didn't really explore it that much further. But then that would... <laughs> Maybe that is the explanation of his origin. I don't. I, <laughs> maybe that's an episode that happens down the road. Maybe, but yeah, that's the the inkling I got from what the little we saw in the Fred and Barney Meet the Thing intro. So he's actually not a teenager. He's a full grown man who, in trying to get cured from the thing, gets put into a teenage body. Perhaps I mean he does sound like a forty year old man. He doesn't really sound like a kid. The voice. So that could be, but then like, yeah, he gets surrounded by this motorcycle gang, which at this point I'm going to assume is the Yancey Street gang, but uh, you see him do the thing with his rings, you know, the thing rings do their thing, Mm -hmm. and he like rolls them all up in a ball, this is after they show the transformation, obviously, and he (laughs) 
yeah. the car pulls over to pick him up, and then we we go to a shot of him jumping in the water to save Fred and Barney, who apparently are being stalked by a shark at this point. <laughs> of course. And the uh, shark goes to bite him and busts his teeth on, on his rock hide. And the shark then yeah, 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 gets in the paddle boat and <laughs> paddles away into the distance. <laughs> and this is not Jabberjaw, I don't think. It is not Jabberjaw. Like I said, the, the video is a little, uh, a little grainy, but I don't think it was. No, it's too small to be Jabberjaw. And then everyone yes. throws the thing on their shoulders and they take a picture of him. And they go to the, you know, you got the intro of the thing, and then Fred and Barney show up again in a big mutual handshake of the three. Yes. All right, we're, we're, we're just in the intro, and this, this, this show is already ridiculous. It, it, yeah, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> I will say he, he looks like the thing when he turns into the thing. Yes. D- does he sound like the thing? Well, we're going to get to that in a moment. That's okay. the read my mind because that's one of, the, one of the notes I wrote down. So uh, we open in a house and uh, there's Kelly and uh, she asks Ben what's wrong. Ben G, what's wrong? Uh, he says he feels discouraged and uh, he says he'll show her. So then he uh, stands up, does his uh, thing ring, do your thing, and the rocks fly out of nowhere, turns him into a thing. And again... If you've listened to other episodes, this is a real thing of mine. Thing ring, do your thing. It's like, by the power of Grayskull, it's morphin' time. Wonder Twin powers activate. Do they have to say these catchphrases or these magic items don't work? I would think, yes. You, you must. So if he slams the rings together and says nothing, he just doesn't turn into the thing. It just, it, yeah, it fizzles out. You have to say the catchphrase. So, um... He turns to the thing, he looks in the mirror, and he says, yuck, what a weird-looking freak. <laughs> and is it just me, or he sounds like Jimmy Durante? Yes, yes. I expect him to bust into, like, Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> it's, like, it's complete, like, like, we were talking about Jabberjaw. Of course, Jabberjaw has, like, the curly from the Three Stooges thing. Was this, like, a thing, like, the 70s? They'd just, like, do, like, a ripoff of a, of a famous voice? Well, um, I'm drawing a blank, but you say that, and there's another character that is, oh, God, I can't think of it now, but, uh. Well, they did do the Scooby-Doo mysteries, remember, where they always had, they had Don Knotts on and they had the Adams <laughs> family. <laughs> they had a real thing for celebrities. But this is decidedly not Jimmy Durante. <laughs> no, it's someone doing like a, a, a Jimmy Durante. Actually, you know, I think it's the Riddler on the old filmation Batman who sounds like uh, Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, see, he sounds like that. So then after that, he says, uh, who'd want to look at an orange slab of rock like me? It also bothered me that he's the ever-loving blue-eyed thing, but he doesn't have blue eyes. But I guess <laughs> with all the other ridiculousness that happens, I guess who really cares? <laughs> Just a minor point at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Kelly says that a lot of people would uh, want to look at him. Her sister, which is Betty, thinks uh, he's terrific. And then ever so humble, he says, well, why not? Ain't I the idol of millions? <laughs> <laughs> then here comes uh, who kind of became my favorite character, Ronald Radford. Is that, was, is that his name? Or, wait, or am I thinking of... Uh... Not Rad Radford. Yes. 
Yeah, Ronald Radford. Not to be confused with Rad Radford. Yes. We're not talking about wrestling, though. <laughs> Ronald Radford shows up in his convertible. So he's like supposed to be like a snooty rich kid. Yeah, like a Reggie from uh, Archie kind of a deal. Yeah. They all uh, they want to get out of there because uh, Reggie wants to beat the weekend traffic. So they all come out in what apparently is uh, ski gear. Yes, and they're decidedly not in a winter setting. No, it's no snow, none. They're apparently heading someplace to ski, but for some reason you have to dress up with your winter hat, your big coats, and your scarves and everything to drive to the winter setting. Well, to be fair, they are driving there in a convertible. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess it can get a little chilly, yes. So here comes the Yancey Street Gang, which I only know that because in my research, I don't think they're once referred to that on the episode of uh, Spike, Turkey, and Stretch. They're given names, I'm sure. <laughs> they're like, hey, there's that fancy pants Ronald. <laughs> they blow up a cloud of smoke, which makes Benji drop all the luggage and uh, falls all over him. So he's buried under a thing of luggage. They all uh, you know, mock him and uh, Stretch asses uh good old robert there uh where are you bringing these chicky poos <laughs> that's some uh, great slang here and uh he says if you must know they're going to his uh father's chateau in the north woods oh, no chalet chalet. chalet yes <laughs> i think that requires a sniff you know the, the chalet in the north does. wind yeah, he, he's got kind of that voice too, like there's the, 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 my father's chalet in the North Woods, like like uh, what's it? like Sergeant, Sergeant, Sergeant Peter like Chicago Peterson Police, <laughs> <laughs> little Cameron Fry there. Stretch says uh, the North Woods. You ain't afraid of Bigfoot, and uh, this might be my favorite line. He retorts with, uh, "There's no such thing as Bigfoot. Only a bunch of ignorant sprocket heads are dumb enough to believe it." <laughs> and uh they 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 don't take uh even though ronnie drives off they don't take kindly to uh sprocket heads and spike says that they're gonna teach him a lesson yeah that's like the ultimate insult that's like the mf of of hannah barbera you don't call him a sprocket head so uh, then we switch to the north winds north winds north woods where it is snowing there's snow on the ground yes their parkers are now coming into uh into play uh, Ronnie uh, opens the door for the ladies, but uh, slams it on Ben, which, of course, causes all the snow in the roof to fall on top of him. Oh, Benji, he's uh, just a, a sad sack. I, I, I kind of keep calling him Ben, even though his name is Benji, because, I mean, for my entire life, he's Ben Grimm, so it's hard to adjust to calling him Benji. Now, does Ben Grimm have orange hair? Uh, no, he was more of a brunette. Yeah, I, I guess it's the orange hair, orange rock. I guess they wanted to make that connection with this character. So, and like, if you didn't see it, he he really does look like the typical uh, Shaggy or the guy from Jabberjaw that looked almost like Shaggy, or the guy from Speed Buggy who looked like Shaggy. <laughs> he looks like the typical lanky teenage Hanna Barbera character with the voice of a forty year old. Yes, and by the way, I don't know if you noticed, like. They had so much reused music in the background from other Hanna-Barbera. I distinctly heard Scooby-Doo and Super Friends music in the background on this episode. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> no, I didn't catch that. That's why you're the host. So uh, they go to the Yancey Street gang, and uh, they, they he's got a box. Spike says it's a surprise that they're not going to like. And then they switch back to uh, Benji, Kelly, 
Betty and uh, Ronnie. They're on the they're on skis, and uh, they're waiting on Benji. And then Ronnie says, "Don't tell me you've never skied before." And he kind of treats Benji like crap. I thought these guys were like friends, but uh, he <laughs> he's not too nice to good old Benji. No, like yeah, Ronald's a, a complete dick to little gentle Ben there. And then uh, Ronnie's like, "Let me give you a hand," and he shoves him. <laughs> down the hill laughing the whole time <laughs> yes <laughs> benji is uh, uh yeah he kind of admits that he is not uh he's not the best skier this might be his first time and ron's like let me give you a hand and basically uses the hand to shove him down the hill and he's even still laughing when uh he literally skis right off a cliff yes and the girls yeah the girls are like aghast and yeah ronnie is uh laughing it up fuzzball so you see that he uh, he gets caught on a branch halfway down the cliff. So then he does the uh, you know thing ring, do your thing, and he turns into the thing. It breaks off, but he lands safely and climbs back up. Uh, and the girls are like, oh, no, is Benji all right? And the thing tells him that uh, he saved him. He's fine. And he turns to Ronnie and says, <laughs> no thanks to you, cabbage head. <laughs> it's like cabbage is in like money. So he's uh, like money. Ah, you know, I didn't think of that at the time, but I think you might be on. <laughs> but yeah, there's the, the, the strange coincidence that Benji goes over the cliff and then Thing just happens to show up. And uh, he <laughs> uses his super breath on Ronnie. Yeah, does Thing have super breath? I was going to ask you that. They've done a case. It's one of those things where it's not really a power, but there have been incidences <laughs> where they've used something that is... Not quite in the par of Superman, but where he's had a lot more lung capacity. And it doesn't come up very often, but I have seen it in some stories over the years. So he grabs Ronnie and Ronnie says, let go. Not let go. He says, let go. And Thing says, my pleasure. And basically, yeah, just blows him up the hill. Yeah, and he turns into a big rolling snowball and ends up in a tree. <laughs> Benji gets his revenge. Yeah, so... um then you go to the bike gang who's hanging out in a cabin eating uh, Desmond chicken. That's stuck into my head for some reason. Well, first of all, we see it as the Chickadee Resort Motel. <laughs> Des- so there's a real chicken thing going on because they're eating Desmond's chicken as well. I don't know. Such a random thing. I don't know where that name came from. And- and did you say, were you taking these chickadees when they, they were? Uh- Chicky poos. Oh, yes. Chicky poos. <laughs> poos. A lot of chicken going on. Turkey wants to know what the big surprise is. What's in the box? Wait, turkey? Turkey, chicken? Now I'm really confused. <laughs> and then uh, Bigfoot comes out of the cabin, and uh, Turkey's terrified. He jumps into a box. And then Spike says, come on out, you chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it reveals that it's actually a Stretch wearing a Bigfoot costume, and that he's going to scare the dickens out of poor Ronald. Yeah, that's the uh, big surprise that they have. <laughs> Turkey asks why he can't be Bigfoot, and Stretch says it's because Stretch has the biggest feet. Then, as, as dumb as this cartoon has been and bizarre, it takes a turn where now where it gets even bizarre. We get a shot of a real Bigfoot who, who's talking. He says he's lonely. Bigfoot's so lonely. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> At this point, I was like, what is happening on this stupid cartoon? 
Yeah, so st- the stretch Bigfoot is gray, and this Bigfoot is brown. Looks vaguely like you know Harry from Harry and Henderson's. Yeah, look uh, for any comic fans, especially Justice League. He looks like the Shaggy Man from DC Comics, basically. And uh, he gets all excited because he sees fake Bigfoot walking by. Yeah, and he's got the the hearts spinning yeah, around the- his head when he sees him. <laughs> yes, he 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 sure does. And no, folks, at this point. Uh, Michael and I are not drunk. We're not making this up. <laughs> this is this is actually happening. <laughs> yes, the the real Bigfoot actually says "pretty girl Bigfoot" and then whistles like. Yeah, even does the wi- <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he says "Bigfoot in love." <laughs> oh, we, so then we, get, we 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 go back to their planned. He's outside of uh, Ronnie's windows, and he scares Ronnie as the Bigfoot. Ronnie's terrified. He says, yikes. Yikes, and uh, he brings in uh, Kelly uh, and Benji and, uh, and Benny, but none of them believe him. In fact, Kelly says, yeah, you must be dreaming after all that junk food you ate before bed. Yes, yeah, serves you right. <laughs> I wonder if it was chicken <laughs> he was eating. It <laughs> could have been. Yeah, from Desmond, yeah. They leave him, and then uh, all the, the biker gang are all laughing, having a good old time laughing at poor Ronnie. Spike says tomorrow things are going to get worse. They go to another shot of Bigfoot, who I, I think he either had the hearts in his eyes or the circle of hearts around his head. Yeah, this guy, yeah, he's he's desperate. So the next morning, they're outside, and Ronnie shows him these giant footprints outside of his window. So now they're starting to believe Ronald about maybe he did see something. Yeah, these aren't human footprints, they say, which apparently Stretch says they're his feet. So I guess they're human footprints, right? Or is he actually wearing something over his foot? He was wearing something over his feet. So maybe that's what made the footprint. Okay. All right. I got you. Benji says they got to call the park ranger, but Ronald doesn't want that. He doesn't. He wants to get the glory for finding Bigfoot. Yeah, he suddenly out of nowhere, out of thin air, produces a camera. It's not like, you know, it's not like 2021 where you got a, a cell phone, you just pull your phone out. He's got like this, like, you know, big, like Kodak camera, like hung around his neck, just out of nowhere. A, a Nikon, isn't that what it was? Nikon, yes. <laughs> He's going to get famous. They're going to get in the snowmobiles and track him. Right. The bikers are with the uh, fake Bigfoot. They're watching the whole thing with binoculars and they're laughing. And then there's real Bigfoot watching. So then they're all going to go on foot. They're going to go to scare him. And then, out of nowhere, Bigfoot jumps out of a tree. <laughs> and all the bikers, they, they run. They're terrified. No, that, no that's, uh, that's fake Bigfoot that jumps out of the tree. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it does. You're right, actually. I apologize. <laughs> yes, it was. I got there's the, the, the whole fake Bigfoot, real Bigfoot confused me. Yeah, he jumps out of a tree. Everyone runs. And the bikers, they, uh, they are laughing at him for falling for it. Stretch takes off the mask to teach Ronald a lesson to show him that it's been them screwing with him the whole time. Yes, and Betty says something that I've never heard before. I want to know if you have. She says, "You scared us out of a year's growth." <laughs> is that like a is that a phrase or something? You scared us out of a year's growth. I've never heard that before. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what it means. I'm seeing it here on uh, yeah, to give one a very serious shock or fright. I guess it's a, I guess it's an idiom, but I've I had never heard it before. Betty said it, 
And I can't fathom a teenager saying that at, of any age at any time. <laughs> so Stretch takes off the mask uh, to uh, teach Ronald a lesson and uh, that, he, that he fell for it and it wasn't really him. But then who should show up but the real Bigfoot with a bouquet of flowers? At this point, I was like, thank God this cartoon is only 11 minutes long because... Yeah, I think we mentioned that. It's, it's a, an 11-minute cartoon. We've been going on for how long? We have a, more than 11 minutes, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it's 11 minutes. It was There were two 11-minute cartoons within the hour block for Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. But yeah, this is... <laughs> we're still talking about it. It's 11 minutes. Stretch jumps into the, the everybody's arms, terrified of the real Bigfoot. And then Bigfoot says that he wants sweetie pie. Yes. And they run from him in the snowmobile. They all, they all take off. They all jump on one snowmobile and take off. Yeah. And if this doesn't get any more ridiculous, it's hard to believe it could. Bigfoot jumps in the other snowmobile and starts chasing them. <laughs> yeah. Well, first we see, you know, all the, the biker gang on a single snowmobile going along, like running away from him. And then the camera pans over and we see the real Bigfoot pursuing them on another snowmobile. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something else. So they're trying to escape from him on a, on a ski lift and they're all on the same one. So then Benji, you know, he turns into the thing again and says, uh, I'm going to turn into the thing living legend. Gotta say, whatever confidence uh, Benji lacks, he doesn't seem to lack it when he turns into the thing. No, yeah, apparently he he's the idol of millions, and now he he goes he goes on talking about being a living legend like the entire rest of the episode. He saves Ronnie, who uh, was gonna go over a cliff, but he he uh, he pulls down a tree, so Ronnie goes over the instead of going over the cliff, goes over the tree to the other half of the cliff. Right, and, and thing says like this: there's two things going on at once, and the thing says. If only there was two of me, the world would be twice as better off. Ha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> and he says, I-, I can't do it in the voice like you do. He says, it's not easy being a living legend. <laughs> Back to living legend again. All the, the, the street gang, they're on the, the ski lift breaks. They're going to follow their doom. But Thing rolls up a giant snowball and saves them all. Well, how is that different from the snow that was there already? I don't. Maybe because it was higher up off the ground, they're not falling for as much of a distance. I guess maybe, and maybe it's like softer snow or something. It's not packed down. I, I, I guess Let's, we'll go with it. And then Bigfoot is chasing Stretch again, and uh, they, they're going to show Bigfoot that uh, Stretch is an imposter. And they do show it, and then Bigfoot starts crying, and the flowers wilt. Yes, yes, the flowers. <laughs> The flowers he was holding in his hand for the other Bigfoot just, yeah, they just die immediately. I was expecting like a wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Then Kelly has an idea. They stuff the Bigfoot suit with snow and make like a big Bigfoot doll out of the suit and they uh, push it on skis so Bigfoot will think that it's still alive and he'll pursue them. No, he was just shown that it was a costume, but for some reason, they'll put snow inside the costume and strap it on the skis and push it, and Bigfoot will just chase it like it's still the girl. I Okay. Thing says that he'll think it's real cool, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that, that was the uh, the parting line. Do you think you'll like a Bigfoot stuff with snow? Sure, he'll think it's real cool. Fade to black. Well, no, we had a final shot of Bigfoot chasing over the horizon, fake Bigfoot on skis. It was kind of quiet, but you could hear him say, I love you. <laughs> Oh, boy. What the hell did we just watch? (laughs) (laughs) It felt like the loosest tie to a comic book animation show you've ever done, at least. I I feel like I owe the thing an apology (laughs) for the first time ever talking about him picking this stupid car. (laughs) I mean, I, I was giving you crap for... Having the Ninja Turtles and uh, G.I. Joe being like in this superhero genre uh, for animation. But I mean, this is barely a superhero show. I got a lot of thoughts, but uh, they're all going to tie into the spectrometer. So without further ado right now, we're going to jump to the spectrometer. The Spectrometer is when we rank every episode, uh, Michael. Ranking of zero spectros to four. We're going to start with you. How are you going to rank Bigfoot meets the thing? Now, you said zero is uh, horse crap. Just, just awful. Like nothing redeemable <laughs> whatsoever. Four be perfection. Uh, um, I'm going to give three quarters of a spectro. Uh, you know what? It's weird you say that because I'm giving this half a spectrum. <laughs> I was going to give it one. Yes. But on a previous episode, I gave the Iron Man cartoon from the 90s a one. And to say this was as good as that is a total slap into the face of everybody who worked on that Iron Man cartoon. <laughs> so I had to go lower of a half a star. What? This was just dog shit. <laughs> Like I said, yeah, there's complete. There's no tie-in to the original. Barely a tie-in to him being a superhero. He's just he's just a a, a guy made out of rock who helps his friends. He doesn't, he doesn't fight crime. He doesn't do anything worthwhile. All he's doing is helping get guys out of trees. It's yeah, it's no resemblance between this and probably even the thing in the. 1978 Fantastic Four show, which we hope to check a look at at some point in the future. But yeah, this is not a superhero cartoon in any form or fashion. I I was thinking half Spectro as well, but then I thought about the shark biting the thing from the intro and his teeth falling out. And that was a little funny, so I gave it an extra quarter Spectro for that. So three quarters of a Spectro. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll start with the only thing I liked about it was he looked like the thing, and his attitude was very similar how the thing would act, despite the strange voice choice. But I mean, I picked Bigfoot versus the thing because I thought he'd fight Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you'd think that, yeah. 
I guess we didn't miss the details. Like, it wasn't Bigfoot versus thing. It was Bigfoot meets the thing. But, I mean, this was just hack, lazy ass, like, cranking out a cartoon. And I don't mean to diminish anybody who worked on this cartoon, but this just, like, recycled music. Characters just seemed like they were, hey, let's just take a character from another Hanna-Barbera and just make, like, almost the same character, but change him slightly. Stupid storyline. Bad plot lines. Uh, I mean, I did like Cabbage Head, but <laughs> but oh my God, what, what? And then the whole, I guess, can we hold it against it that the name of the show is Fred and Barney versus the Thing, but Fred and Barney have nothing to do with the damn cartoon? Yeah, that uh, when I first saw this, when I was researching for the Fantastic Four show, and I saw this, like, whoa, Fred and Barney meet the Thing. That's it's, you know, it's like the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. It's you know those kind of crossover things they did back then. But yeah, you can definitely hold that against this show. It it makes it sound like that's like a one-off, you know, Fred and Barney meet the thing, but it's an entire season of a cartoon. Yes. And you talked about how, you know, you don't want to offend the people that made the show. I'm sure they're all dead. And if they aren't, they should be. <laughs> I probably shouldn't laugh so hard at that. <laughs> but yeah this is a record this is the worst cartoon i have reviewed since the beginning of my podcast i can barely get any ch- i can barely even get any childhood nostalgia out of watching this and the voice by the way in in the fantastic four cartoon from 78 it wasn't the same voice i don't know because i haven't seen that cartoon in quite a while let me uh let's do a little research here and see if we can find out if it's the same voice or not Nope, apparently a Ted Cassidy did the voice of the thing on the 78 cartoon, so it's a different guy. So he did the Jimmy Durante impression on that show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Ted Cassidy did a Jimmy Durante impression. <laughs> it was Hanna-Barbera who did that one too, so maybe that was, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> just, just bad. I can see now why I've seen this on so many worst of lists, because it is Pretty awful. Hot garbage, as they would say around here. As always, we also beg the question, if a child in 2021 stumbled across Fred and Barney Meet the Thing, you think they would enjoy it? Uh, They'd enjoy the opening, which I think was probably the best part of this whole thing, was just the Fred and Barney Meet the Thing intro, one minute long. And then they get to the show and say, what the f***, where's Fred and Barney, f*** the show, get out of here. I gotta say, probably not. If any, it would have to be a very small child, because cartoons are so have so evolved since then, I can't imagine any kid in 2021 not just thinking this was the dumbest, worst thing they'd ever seen. And if a kid that was into comics watched this, he'd want to jump off a cliff, like... Benji was pushed off a cliff, but he they'd voluntarily jump. And if you were like a fan, a diehard thing fan, and had never seen any animated thing before, I, I, I think you'd be <laughs> dubious to say the least on this. Distraught, yes. But, you know, hey, opinions vary. If you liked it, great. If uh, you do, I want to hear from you. Uh, so let me know. You can go to my social media and uh, give us your two cents on Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. I'm a uh, at Matt Spectro on Twitter. And uh, my face, what's my Facebook handle, Michael? It's facebook.com slash Matt Spectro. 
Perfect. If you could go to those and uh, give me your comments if you liked it, if uh, you didn't, whatnot. If you could also follow me on Twitter or follow me on Facebook, like my page, smash that subscribe button, give me a five-star rating. All that would be greatly appreciated. And if you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear from you. It's good to be back, Michael. It's good to have you back. <laughs> and it's good to sit down and chat with you as well. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, any of your own social media? Well, first, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week? Uh, what are we doing next week? <laughs> I mean, it seems like I'm just here, right? Yeah, so this is, uh, isn't your first uh, rodeo. It certainly won't be your last. I've got some things cooking with some other podcasts, so I'm hopefully going to be able to schedule something, get some new guests on. Nothing against you. You know I love having you, but uh, keep a variety, spread my wings a little bit. I hopefully have uh, some new podcast people I've uh, I've made some contacts with, hopefully going to be on there. If you're listening and you do have a uh, comic or animated-related podcast and you'd like to uh, be on, also uh, drop me a line and uh, see what we can do. I'd love to have you. I don't care if you have 10 followers or 10,000. I just like to sit here, talk comic books, talk superheroes, talk animation. And I want to thank you all for joining us for once again. Michael, do you have any final thoughts on Fred and Barney Meet the Thing? Episode Bigfoot Meets the Thing. Well, as the first in our series of the worst and the weirdest comic book animation properties, I think uh, there's no place to go but down or up, whichever is like better than this, because there's no... Nothing's going to be worse than this, in my opinion. Uh, it's great to be here, Matt, uh, once again. And uh, yeah, you can find me at the WPAN on Twitter. And I have a YouTube channel, the WPAN. You can take a look at that. And if you want your podcast edited, you can contact me at uh, crackpotpods.com. Perfect. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a special feature. Whenever Michael comes back, we're going to review something off the list of considered the worst of the worst. But if you have a suggestion for one of the worst you want us to review, drop a line. But we have a few that I've seen uh, appear on a lot of lists, one being that Fantastic Four cartoon. So we're going to probably uh, hit those up when you're on the show. Excellent. And hopefully next week <laughs> we will have a better cartoon. <laughs> Cross your fingers, folks. But until then, thank you for joining us and join us again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.